Have you seen flight prices lately? They are so expensive, and it seems like there's not a ton of award availability to help you avoid those high prices either. If you're looking to save on a cash ticket, check out App in the Air. You can download the app for free by using the link in the show notes, and you get 20% off of your next flight when you book directly through App in the Air by using the code GeoBreeze at checkout. Thank you to App in the Air for partnering with this episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast, a show for anyone wanting to level up their travel hacking lifestyle. I'm your host, Julia Menez. I'm a travel hacker, coach, speaker, Filipina-American ENTJ who loves solid travel gear and using shortcuts on spreadsheets. On this show, I'm on a mission to bring you travel hackers from all walks of life to help you level up your travel hacking game. We dive into credit cards, miles, points, strategy, mindset, and the secrets behind how to travel the world for next to no cost. So let's get hacking. I use two different sites. Uh, One is called flightconnections.com. And it's a really cool site. You just put in any airport code and it shows you all of the direct flights from that particular airport. So that can be helpful for me as I think about, is there a hub um, nearby that I can use to to travel to? And then another one that I used to use is called miles.biz. And that is a, there's many of these tools, but essentially you can put in an origin and a destination and it tells you how much different programs charge for that route. Sometimes you can find sweet spots that way. Hey there, points people. You just heard a clip from Sanjay Sharma of Sanjay One. Sanjay is the head of product at PointMe, where he leads the development of products that are helping thousands of people travel better with points. Sanjay himself has used points to travel to over 150 countries. In this episode, Sanjay and I discuss some of the main challenges that people have when they search for good flight award availability, how to save points when you book flights, and some of the ways that PointMe makes all of this much, much easier than it has been in the past. If you're interested in PointMe, I have a link to it for you in the show notes as well. One of the great things about PointMe is that you can actually filter results by the type of points that you have, whether it's Chase, Amex, City, Capital One, Built, or something else. Having a variety of cards that work with multiple transfer partners is a key strategy for when you are leveling up your award travel game. Remember, when you're ready to apply for your next card that earns flexible points, whether it's a Chase Inc. card, Capital One Venture X, Amex Gold or Platinum, or a City Premier, don't use Google. Always ask your friends or favorite creators if they have a referral or affiliate link that you can use. If you are interested in supporting this show when you apply for your next card, check out geobreezetravel.com slash cards, and I have a link to that in the show notes for you as well. And now, on with the show. Hey, Sanjay, welcome to the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. Hey, Julia. Great to be here. I'm so excited to have you here and to learn all about your extensive points and miles, travels, and also this great new product that's recently launched out on the market that I'm sure all points and miles people are so excited to have because it's going to make our lives so much easier. But before we get into all of that, tell us a little bit about your background and how did you get into the game of points and miles? Sure, of course. So I think my my entry point into the world of points and miles is probably very similar to a lot of people. I uh, was early in my career and wanted to travel more, but didn't have the, the funds to do so. And I started sort of reading blogs and so on. And I was particularly struck by one particular content creator, Chris uh, Gillibeau. And at the time, he was writing about his own quest to travel to every country in the world. And he talked a lot about how he did it with with points and miles. And, and that's really kind of what got me intrigued. And I started experimenting and it's been 15 years and <laughs> traveled almost exclusively on points and miles since. What were some of the first cards that you got back in the day when you were like, I need to try this? I think back then uh, it was 
the American Express Starwood card, which was a great card at one point, the Chase uh, Sapphire Preferred, and the Chase Ink as well when they when they had some the five X on office supplies. They still have that on the Chase Ink business cash. They do, right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. What were some of the first redemptions that you took when you got these cards back in the day? Was there something that you were trying to save up for at the very beginning where you were like, oh, I can't even do like this small vacation on my budget. So I wanted to do points and miles for that. Or was it just grab all the points and miles that you can so you can do pretty much everything that Chris Gilbo did? Yeah. So I kind of, so the other thing that he, he kind of inspired me to do is to actually set goals around my travel. And he was going for every country in the world. I thought that was, you know, what, you know, totally out of the question, but I set a personal goal for myself to travel to 50 countries by the time I I turned 30. And so my approach to miles and points was to kind of constantly be accumulating them, but also constantly be redeeming them every chance I got a chance to travel. So I think my initial few redemptions were, were probably some pretty poor value ones, like domestic flights, uh, you know, within the US. And but as I learned, I started getting a little savvier, a little bolder, I'd say probably the redemption that's most memorable, like my first big redemption was on Singapore Air, I I managed to snag a seat from San Francisco to Hong Kong via Singapore in first class. And this is in their old 747. So you're kind of at the nose of the plane, and they serve lobster. And it was the first time I've ever been on a flight. And you know, wished it would just not end. <laughs> and that, that kind of got me hooked. And, and I've, been, I've been doing it ever since. Were you earning most of your points just by turning cards, which was a lot more available back in the day? Or did you have another way that you liked to earn your points and miles? Yeah, there's a couple of ways. So I de- definitely probably primarily from signing up for cards and, and churning them. I also used to travel a little bit for work at the time. So that, you know, and I, I would not just earn the base miles, but I would make sure to like take advantage of any promotions or, you know, potentially take flights with more connections just to, just to make that work. And then I also actually got other people involved. I think that's something that's, that's really helpful. So my parents, for instance, I got them kind of intrigued by points and miles, kind of showed them how to do it. And they actually had a small business. And so I sort of showed them how to put all their shipping costs on, on a credit card, which just quickly generates a lot of points. So that helped fund a lot of family trips for us. It's a combination of, of, of different strategies. Yeah, that's awesome. If you know somebody who owns a store or a restaurant or anything where there's that's a the lot best. of cash flow and inventory going through, that is yep. prime use case for getting yep. these business cards. That's really what totally. it's meant for. It's not really meant for us all of us who <laughs> For me, run yeah. a Staples and get five <laughs> on not really office supplies. It's actually yeah. meant for people who have restaurants and stores. So if you have anybody yeah. in your life like that, definitely recommend that they get these cards because it will fund so many vacations. Yeah. Or, or online advertising. That's the other big one that you can, you can earn accelerated spend on. So, Absolutely. I think one of my future, future goals one day is to write an ebook or launch a course and then just dump add money into it and then make just enough from the ebook or course where it covers the ad spend and I, I get it. to keep all the points. That's that's down the road for Geo Reese Travel's <laughs> product awesome. roadmap. A good idea. Yeah. So were there any mistakes that you made earlier on in your travel hacking journey and in your points and miles where you were like, oh, any listeners, please don't make the same mistake. There was probably lots of mistakes or, or just, you know, inefficient redemption. One that 
still hurts. So one of my favorite programs is ANA. They're a Japanese airline and they ha- they're an American Express transfer. They're a little bit of a quirky program. There's some restrictions, like you can only book round trip, but if you can make it work, it's some of the best redemptions available. Very, very cheap. And so I used to regularly transfer my Amex point to ANA. But one thing I didn't know is that they have a hard expiration policy, meaning the points expire. I think it's in, within 18 months or, or three years. I, I forget exactly how long. They expire no matter what. So it's not like many of the U.S. programs where if you have any activity at all in your, it'll keep your 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 miles valid. And so I think I had about sixty thousand points in in my ANA account, and I totally could have spent them on something. I just didn't know, and they expired. And I called ANA almost in tears, trying to trying to get them reinstated, but it was like a hard and fast no. So it was a very expensive way to learn that lesson. But the way I think about it now is. I've saved hundreds of thousands of points by redeeming with ANA in the past. So it just, you know, it's part of the cost. <laughs> How did you have the points in there? Did you have to cancel a flight? Because normally I will only put points into ANA right before I'm about to redeem a flight. So how did you have 60,000 points in that account? Yeah, I usually am the same way. I think I had at some point canceled a flight and and so I had the miles reinstated. The other thing with ANA that's is a little tricky is the transfer time to ANA can sometimes take up to two days. And so I do find it helpful to have points stashed with them for, you know, if you're trying to grab some award seats and you're not sure how they're gonna last, you can't really wait for a transfer. And I use the program regularly enough that, you know, I'm I'm comfortable leaving points there. But you know, I, I wouldn't put too many points in there uh, if not just because of the expiration policy, but just because they could devalue at any moment or change their rules or, or anything like that. So. Expiring points are the worst. I think my worst points expiring story isn't even with an airline or a hotel or anything. There's this silly app that people on my Instagram have seen me talk about called Fetch, where all you have to do is take a picture of your grocery receipt and then they'll give you mm-hmm. points. And it's just like a dollar or 50 cents here or there. And then you'll get like $2 for referring somebody So it's normally just a very small amount of points that shouldn't matter. So then I put this on my website, got like 300 people to sign up using my link. So I had about $700 in there. And to keep your stuff active, all you have to do is take a photo of a receipt every 90 days. And I just forgot about it. And I thought the referrals counted as activity in or out of my account. $700 of gift card stuff. Yeah. It hurts. Just gone. It hurts. <laughs> it hurts. If you have fetch, take photos of your receipts at least yes. once a month. You'll never forget that lesson. <laughs> oh yeah. Now I'm back up to like eighteen or twenty dollars in that account. I'm just gonna cash out at twenty five. Just keep getting twenty five dollar gift cards. Uh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. So when you were traveling to these hundred and fifty countries that you've been to, do you normally? How do you structure your itineraries? Are you hitting more than one country usually per trip? Or have you gone on 150 different trips to get all of these? Yeah, definitely try to combine countries when possible. And, and this is actually where sometimes points and miles, is it, it, it can be really advantageous because with points and miles, you, you often have the flexibility to do lots of one-way flights, which makes it a lot easier to get from country to country. You you can do stopovers, which I'll often take advantage of, or open jaws where you fly into one country and back from another. So all that flexibility has helped me travel to, it's actually 164 countries if, if we're counting. But the other thing I actually try to do is I look at interesting routes that are maybe a little unexpected. Um, so like, for instance, last year, I went to Uzbekistan and 
I, to get there, I decided like, what's along the way that could potentially be a great redemption. And so what I did is I Delta has a series of non-stops to Africa. So I, I booked, I think it was like 60,000 points in business class direct from New York to Dakar and Senegal. And then I visited Senegal for a couple of days and then hopped on some promo Emirates deal to Uzbekistan. And so, you know, most people don't combine Senegal and Uzbekistan, but with points and mile, it kind of makes sense. And so I try to do things like that so I can quickly visit or so that I can, you know, visit more countries. And now I am actually going for all of them. So <laughs> nice. Yeah. What are some of your favorite airline programs for stopovers and open jaws and combining these different countries if somebody wanted to do something similar? Yeah, Aeroplan is fantastic. They, they usually charge a little bit more than maybe some of the other programs like Life Miles or or even United in some cases, but they give you so much flexibility. If you want to change a ticket, it, it's very affordable. They allow stopovers for just an additional 5,000 points, and that's on one-way tickets, which is incredible. And, and open jaws are a little bit less relevant than they used to be because you can do one-ways, but I... Um, but A and A, actually, another good example, um, allows open. They're they're a program that requires round trip redemptions, and they allow open open jaws. They also allow you, I think, two stopovers in each direction, if I remember correctly. So you can do a lot with that if you can find flights that work for you. Yeah, those A and A routes can be crazy good, especially if you're flying through Japan into Asia anyway. Yeah. Then your route's probably going to go through there, and they'll give you a free stopover. You could yeah. do an around the world thing and have like. Which I did. Stops. Yeah, I, I I did it around the world, and it was uh, using A and I sound like an ad for A and A, but I, I visited fourteen different countries over the course of three months, and it was one hundred forty five thousand points, all business. Got to fly Asiana, Singapore, Ethiopian, like all these great airlines, and you know what a deal! <laughs> like you know one hundred forty five thousand points. What was the route that you took? What were the fourteen countries? Okay, I might leave out some, but Italy. I went to Victoria Falls, which is both Zimbabwe and Zambia, went down to South Africa, Namibia, Madagascar, Reunion, which is technically France, so maybe not a new country. I went to Kurdistan, which is a part of Iraq, uh, Turkmenistan, India, Indonesia, East East Timor, and then South Korea. (laughs) I think that's 14. I I wasn't counting. (laughs) Normally, if you had to piece together a route like that using cash fares, Especially um, in business class. I can't even imagine how be, much that would cost. It would at least 20000 I'd say. What I will often do is like, like I'll, I'll make the, bi- I, in that case, I made sort of the big long haul flights and the more expensive flights using points and miles. And then I might do a little side trip where I just paid in cash, you know, for, for a quick flight. And that's, you know, you just got to remember that that is an option for, you know, for shorter flights or for less expensive places like, you know, milk it. <laughs> if you are listening to this episode thinking, I wish I could travel like this, but I don't know where to start. I offer free credit card consultations by email at geobreezetravel.com slash consultations. Additionally, I host a masterclass and group coaching session each month through the Patreon. We've also added a new Patreon feature. Once you've been in the Patreon for 12 consecutive months, I will gift you a vacation voucher to the city of your choice. I've also added an option to sign up for an annual membership. With this option, you will get two free masterclasses each year and you'll get your vacation package voucher upfront. You can find more information about the vacation vouchers, consultations, and more in the show notes. This week's Patreon shout-out goes out to Nicole. Thank you so much for being a part of the GeoBreeze Travel Patreon community. Absolutely, because if you're trying to get to some very obscure city or country, 
And yeah. ANA maybe doesn't directly fly there. I think somebody was yeah. asking me about a very specific island in Thailand. And I don't forget, I, I can't remember which one it is. But they were like, oh, like it's going to be so expensive to get to this one specific island. I'm like, but it's really cheap to get to Bangkok using these exactly. and miles tricks and then just pay the $100 or whatever it is to totally. from Bangkok to that island. So that's another yeah. good trick as well. I think, especially if you're trying to get to like Europe, for instance, it's a very popular award, especially in the summer, can be kind of difficult to find tickets uh, directly to where you're going. But if you can just get across the ocean, you'll the, the flights within Europe are very affordable, often less than $100 to get you to your final destination. Or, you know, wherever you're, whatever hub you land in could, could actually be a, a bit of a stopover for you too, right? Whether it's, you know, Frankfurt or Paris or any of these big hub cities. Especially if it's something that's well-connected by train. A lot of people ask about best ways to get to London. And if you're in the Houston area, you can fly that Singapore flight from Houston to Manchester. And then people are like, oh, but how do I get from Manchester to London? You've already <laughs> figured out the hard part at that point. Yeah. Manchester to London is two-hour train, yeah, maybe. The exactly. hard part is done. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. Cool. Any other good routing options that you like other than Aeroplan and ANA? Well, I... I I do like Alaska a lot. They have a lot of flexibility in their program, but it's just so hard to earn Alaska points that I, I've never extensively used the program. In terms of flexibility, I'd say those are those are good ones. United can sometimes be useful with their excursionist perk. I use that. I did the United Island Hopper a couple of years ago, which goes from Hawaii to Micronesia, and the excursionist perk perk was perfect for that because it allowed me to visit I think four different islands on one award ticket, and it'd be fed about 30,000 points, uh, which is really good. That was an economy, but those the, the island hopper is notoriously really expensive. Like it, it probably saved me about a thousand bucks. So they can sometimes be useful. Mm, yeah, I'd say those are, I, I guess, the ones that I primarily use. What was your process for finding these types of award tickets? If you're like, okay, here's a complicated route with eight different stops, are you just Googling? Do you have four screens up, trying to look at four different programs <laughs> at the same time? What would be your process for this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, it used to be exactly what you're describing. Not, not four screens, but like multiple tabs. So I would usually have usually the United page up to search for Star, Star Alliance inventory or, or ANA or, or Aeroplan. I'll have like the BA page up so I can search for One World Inventory. And then I usually use Flying Blue to search for Sky Team. So I've kind of got that all going on. The other thing I always do actually before I start any search is I look for what are the paid options, like which just to give you a sense for what are all the routes to get from point A to point B. Now that's helpful, but the reality is in points and miles, you can get more creative than that, like the, the Senegal and Uzbekistan example I gave earlier. So that's helpful as a data point. And then the other thing I do is I use two different sites. One is called Flight Connections. Dot com And it's a really cool site. You just put in any airport code and it shows you all of the flights from that particular airport. So that can be helpful for me as I think about, is there a hub nearby that I can use to, to travel to? And then another one that I used to use is called miles.biz. And that is a, there's many of these tools, but essentially you can put in an origin and a destination and it tells you how much different programs charge for that route. Sometimes you can find sweet spots that way. So all of those are kind of data points, and then it's it's kind of you you just keep searching until you find what you're looking for. That was before. Now I know we're going to talk about this a little bit later, but I use PointMe, uh, the tool that the tool that, that my company actually put out there in the world that kind of 
eliminates a lot of those steps. You can search for all your flights in one place. You see how much they cost, and and you know, and you get instructions on exactly on how to book them. And so you learn some of the you know some of the programs are a little gnarly to book with, but it's all laid out there. So it, it saves me a lot of time, uh, and it's it simplified that process a lot. I think that's a pretty good segue. So tell us a little bit yeah. about PointMe and how does it work? How is it connecting to all of these different thirty plus? airline alliance programs and loyalty programs to figure out award space and how much it costs like what is involved with building that (laughs) a lot of work and a very very talented team so yeah point me um, as you can tell i'm I'm very proud of it so we just launched a couple of weeks ago and it's a it's a tool to help people find award flights and our, our our mission our goal is to help everyone travel kind of the way i have for the last couple of years right so where you can you know, travel on points and miles, save a ton of money, find these great deals, try these um, incredible premium you know products out there. So we've designed it. It looks like any other flight search tool. It looks like Google Flights or Kayak, and you can search for your preferred flight and class of service. And like you said, we'll search across thirty different programs. You don't have to have all those tabs open anymore. We'll we'll do all that searching for you. It takes about ninety seconds to search all of those programs. And because of the power of airline alliances and pair airline partnerships. Searching across 30 programs really means that you're searching across inventory or you could potentially fly on, I think it's 110 or more airlines. So that's pretty much any airline that you're going to that you're gonna want to fly. So we display your results and, uh, and, and they're all real time. They're all flights that you can definitely book and you select a flight. And then unlike a kayak or, or Google flights, we can't book that flight for you. And so what we do is we show you exactly how to do it. Um, so there's step-by-step instructions. There's animations to kind of make that super clear and you know really easy and that's it it usually takes a couple minutes to book Um, and i'd say on those booking instructions i want to make this something that's not just for the points nerd so we designed it to be super simple our goal was like make it something that like my mom could do and that was our test and fortunately my mom can use the tool so it's a good sign that is an awesome dev test team of okay let's see if our moms can figure it out and then if so user experience is easy enough that's perfect exactly exactly are there any airlines that wouldn't have their results included in this search tool just due to third-party types of restrictions or anything that you'd have to search separately so what we've done is we're, we're covering every major transfer partner of the major credit cards. So Amex, Chase, City, Cap One, and, and Brex as well. So we've covered all of their all those programs and, and and most of their airline partners. I can't think of any major program that's not on there, but the one caveat, because we are searching across so many programs, every once in a while we're not able to show all the results that we want to. So for instance, for a little while there certain carriers were not displaying, even though we do actually support them. And so our recommendation, at least right now while we're kind of getting started, is rerun the search or if there's a particular flight that you know should you know operate a particular route, just cross-check it. You know, maybe maybe go to the individual airline's website to, to double check. We're working really hard to get up to you know, back up to 100% results where you're seeing everything. But I can't, I honestly can't think of a major carrier that's a, you know, that's a transfer partner that isn't going to show up on point me. Are you able to show Southwest Airlines? I know that they're really, really, really? Yeah, we do show Southwest, um, which is, which is great. Yeah, we always show the, you know, they often have different fares, but we're always going to show the, the lowest uh, option that Southwest offers. 
Jeff Blue's on there. It's amazing, actually. Like it actually really helps. But I think a lot of people forget that Southwest is an option, for instance, they're a Chase transfer partner. But you know, make sure that you see all your options. How flexible is the date range? Do you have to search for one day at a time? Or can you say, show me all the cool deals for this route within the entire month of May if I'm super flexible with my dates? Yeah, which, you know, as, as you know, is, is really helpful when you're searching for points and miles. So right now, you can only search for one day at a time. You can search for round trips as well. We do, you know, we know how important flexible date search is. So that's something that's like super high on my roadmap to, to offer soon. The other thing that we, well, I can't give you a timetable, but the other thing we know is really helpful are alerts. So just being able to get notified if, if a new flight is available. So that's all all on the roadmap. And I'm super excited to, to kind of get working on that and, and get it out there. But for now, one date at a time. And, you know, I'd, I'd say it's, since it's 90 seconds of search, you're still saving a ton of time versus going to all the individual airline websites. Is there anything else on the roadmap that you're very excited about where you're like, it's not there yet, but this is going to get built out in the next few months. So possibly by the time this podcast airs, something new, anything else new that people can look forward to? I don't know that I can commit to anything in the next few months. What I can tell you is more generally uh, is that one of the areas I'm really excited about is how do we make this a more personalized experience? So one of the features that I forgot to mention earlier about PointMe that I think is actually quite valuable is we have a partnership with Award Wallet, which allows us to display all of your, the balances and all of your loyalty program right on PointMe. And that's just helpful in and of itself to see all your points in one place. You can also manually enter programs if, if you don't want to use a word wallet for any reason. But we can also actually filter your flight results for only those that you can actually book. And so that's that's a feature that that already exists. But we really want to take that further in, in, in the coming months and, for instance, take into account the number of points you have in making recommendations. Or if we happen to see that you have points already with an airline, like I did with ANA from that story earlier, we might make a recommendation to go ahead and use those points, even though you could spend fewer points by transferring, you know, Amex or Chase points or, or Cap One points. So we'll, we'll start to make really more personalized recommendations with, you know, with whatever you choose to share with us. Speaking of personalized help, can you talk a little bit about the concierge service or the personalized booking service in case somebody looks at those animations that you share and it's like, <laughs> I can't figure it out. I can't figure out how to get this totally. space. That's something that actually has been in business for, for over a decade. It's kind of our, you know, our bread and butter. Um, and that really is a service where an expert uh, travel hacker who's, who's, who's redeemed you know, hundreds, of, hundreds of thousands of points before can work with you one-on-one to, to find great flights. We've got a team of 55 people and that's, it's, it's, it's truly a one-on-one thing. So you'll be emailing back and forth. You'll share where do you want to go? What points do you have? And they'll, they'll find great availability. And then they'll typically actually help you with every step of the process or just do it for you. Well, they're, they'll help, they'll transfer the points, they'll book the flight, they'll even help select your seats and make recommendations on like, where is the best seat on this, on this plane or what, you know, what, what aircraft would be um, the best one to, to experience. So that, that service is very much still, still available. And you can either book directly with a concierge. We have something called a full service offer where uh, you, you tell us all those data points and we, and we book for you. The other option is a bit of a hybrid. If you find a flight on PointMe, and one of the things that we do is we make it really clear if a program is going to be difficult to book with, like for instance, if it's going to require an airline or if it's got a long transfer time or if it's somehow challenging, we, we put that all up front. And in those cases, if you choose, you can just click a button and send us the itinerary and one of our concierges can, can book it for you for, for a small fee. So 
really the best of both worlds. You can find the flight you want and then have somebody else take care of the hard work. <laughs> you have a team of 55 people. That's just so the concierge the, team? It's just the concierge team. And there, and I should mention there, you know, there's, there's some specialties within that as well. So we have some people who really understand round the world tickets, for instance, others who really understand kind of like, like luxury, you know, how do you get on you know, first class to the Maldives type of types of tickets. And those are, those are obviously popular with, you know, honeymooners and so on. And then we also have some folks who help out with people who want to retain elite status. And so they can help sort of identify opportunities or, you know, flights that you could take that, you know, that'll help you maintain whatever status you're going for. Uh, and then we also do credit card consults where if you're just kind of learning about points and miles, if you want to do a bit of a checkup, one of these specialists can, can provide some, some personalized recommendations. I know that sometimes when people use services where they have to give their login information, where here's my points and miles account, here's everything else. One of the main concerns is security. Like, how do I make sure if I give my password to somebody else so that they're booking this for me, points don't mysteriously disappear later? What kinds of safeguards do you have for just making sure that points don't disappear, that the password is <laughs> secure? Tell us a little bit about your security process. Yeah, absolutely. So there's there's really two ways, I guess, that we would touch uh, points and miles login information. So one I mentioned earlier is we do just if you choose to, you can just you can have all your points and miles balances on on our site, and that's really done via our partnership with Award Wallet, and they've got security safeguards in place um, to make sure that 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 data is being you know securely stored um, and accessed and and safeguarded. But Despite that, we also want to give users options. And so if, if for whatever reason you, you don't want to use a Ward wallet and you don't want to automate that process, you can just manually put in not your login details, but just the fact that you have a pro, you have an account with, let's say, Delta or Sid, and, and you can choose to put in your points balance or you can choose not to. It's completely up to, up to you. Um, but you still get the, great, the same functionality where we're going to help filter your results for the programs that you, you, know, you currently have. As for our concierge team, one of the things that they typically do is when it comes to points transfers, while they're they can help and, and do that directly, they'd much rather give give you, you know, give people a little bit of an education on how to do their own points transfers. And so they make it super simple. I'd argue transferring points is one of the easier things to do in points and miles. So we prefer to not deal with your bank login information or anything like that. So that's that's one one solution there. And then any communication between the, the concierges and and their clients it's, it's you know we, we're using secure forms and it's all encrypted so you know we're not we're not taking any risks with with private data awesome tell us a little bit about the pricing and the monetization of this so on one hand you can book the concierge service but if you want to DIY it what's kind of the the pricing schema look like there yeah for sure so the the DIY as you, as you put it we call that the self-serve tool and there's a couple of options there so one option that's 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 popular is a a day pass which allows you to search you know to an unlimited amount for five dollars and that can be really great if you just got one trip planned or you or you just want to try the product and we find that a lot of people start that way and then they realize the value and then they sign up for one of our standard plans those are for 129 dollars for an annual for annual access or or 12 dollars a month for a month to month which I think is if you look at some of the other you know, well, there's not really other options out there. But if you look at some of the alternatives, I, I think the pricing is extremely competitive. We do also have a premium plan. This plan is uh, 260. That's for a year of access, but that also entitles you to a 10% discount on the concierge. So if you expect to, if you mostly, for instance, you know, do it yourself, but perhaps you've got a special trip coming up or a honeymoon or something like that, that can be a great option to to kind of get the best of both worlds. That plan also comes with 
five gift passes that you can give to friends and family so that they can they can try out the product as well. On the concierge side, the pricing is $200 a passenger. And I think a lot of people are surprised that we do per passenger pricing. But as you know, in points and miles, what really drives the amount of time that you spend on a redemption is the number of people. Because the, the more people are going on a trip, the, you know, there's limited award seats. And so that's uh, that's why we we've, we've adopted that that pricing model with the concierge. Yeah, for sure. And for $5, I know every time we charge like a dollar or $5 or $10 for something people are like, mm, "Is the ebook worth <laughs> it for $10 or is it worth $5 to attend like this call or something?" It's $5 and you've it's probably $5. spent more than $5 of brain cells trying to figure yeah. out if it's worth it or not. And I I really struggle with people who are like, I would rather spend four or five hours searching for this for myself rather than paying $5 for some website to just tell me the answer. Yeah. There is, (laughs) it seems like there could be glory in that, you guys, but really the glory is getting to sit in business class and being like, oh, I paid $5 to figure out how to do this. And then I used my points and got an awesome redemption. So just try for $5. And if you're really, really, really not wanting to spend $5, you can use the code GeoBreeze and get access for free for the first 24 hours. Yeah. And then you'll yeah, get addicted <laughs> and then you spend $5 there, especially for anybody who listens to this. I know a lot of people who are points bloggers or have their own concierge services listen to this podcast as well. Definitely use it as a business expense. It'll save you so much time on clients. It saves me so much time searching for stuff for my clients, just having access to this tool. So it's pretty amazing yeah, but- what you guys have been able to build and aggregate all in one spot so that we don't have to have 15 different tabs open. And then <laughs> yes. Ghost space. Oh, let's talk a little bit about ghost award space. Does that ever happen where it seems to have award space, but then you transfer your points over and then suddenly American Airlines lied to you and they don't actually have that seat available? Does that happen? And how do you approach that? Yeah, it's a good question. So one of the things that we've we've done with PointMe um, is we've built in a lot of triangulation and, and verification. So what that means is when we when we see in a, a reward seat available, we don't just that one data source's word for it. We verify it with one of their partners to confirm that two different partners or three different partners are seeing the exact same flight. So we have a very, very high degree of confidence in the flight search results you're finding on, on PointMe. In fact, in many cases, you'll find more accurate flight results on PointMe than you're finding on the airline websites where you sometimes do run into phantom inventory or, 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 or flights that can't be booked. And that's really frustrating because uh, when that happens with an airline, you can often get usually to the point where you put your credit card in before you find out that you can't actually book this flight. So I would say if, you, if you're seeing a flight on an airline website and you're not seeing it on PointMe, I would tread carefully because uh, I, think, I think you can... You can be pretty confident that what you're seeing on Point Me is is actually bookable. That is really good to know. I've just heard so yeah. many horror stories from people where they said, and then I transferred 120,000 points <laughs> and I can't get I them back into my Amex account. <laughs> it's such yeah. a sad story. Are there any of those other common things where like it's not the fault of the person, like it, it showed on American Airlines website or something. Are there any of those other use cases where you guys have said, we have a solution for this with PointMe and now you're not going to run into this problem anymore. 
Yeah, well, there's a lot. There's a lot of things like that, that, you know, I think when you've got a lot of experience and expertise, you know, to avoid. And so one thing we've, we've developed is something we call the point me pick. And what this is, is essentially, we've taken our years and years of experience in points and miles and, and turned it into an algorithm. And we use that algorithm to actually sort the flight search results. So we'll take into account, for instance, things like, well, in addition to, of course, the price and whether the flight has connection or the itinerary has connections and stuff, we'll also take into account is the program that you're going to be booking with an easy to use one? Is it easy to make changes? You know, how, you know, do you have to jump on the phone to make this, this, res- this, this particular reservation? And so but by taking that into account, every once in a while on Point Me, if you, if you choose to take a look at the Point Me picks, you're going to see us recommending something that might cost a few thousand more points than another option that you see there. But we're doing that because we know that, hey, like if you book with this particular probe, you're going to have a much better experience. And it's probably worth it to you to, to, to spend those extra points. And one of the dimensions that's in there actually is exactly what we just talked about. Worst case, if you have to cancel this flight and your points are now stuck with this booking program, is this a program that you're going to want your points with? Is it a program that you're going to use again in the future? And that's all taken into account. So we're, we're going to kind of steer you towards, I think, the better known programs that are easy to use that you're just going to, you're going to be glad you used. <laughs> What are some of those programs that are easy to use that you guys tend to prefer in your algorithm versus what are some of those programs that are a little bit more difficult where you do have to involve a phone call or something like that, where maybe points blogs are like, oh, it's so great, but really in actuality, it's difficult to use. What are some of the better and worse ones? Yeah, I'd say some of the popular ones are like, I think Aeroplan is often one we recommend a lot. Flying Blue, both make it pretty easy to book online. Changes and cancellations are, are straightforward, can often be done online as well. You know, usually a good experience with, with those two programs. In terms of programs, we tend not to recommend a lot in that case. Life Miles, well, there are some good deals on Life Miles, and it's often a little bit less expensive. Good luck if you want to make a change or a cancellation with Life Miles. Like, that is not easy, and it's not cheap either. Uh, you often have to get on the phone. Ideally, you know Spanish. Like, it's not... It's not, you know, it's not something we, we recommend. So yeah, that's, I think that's an example. American comes up another the program that we, we, we do like, but the challenge there, of course, is that there aren't, aren't any transfer partners. And so we'll, we'll show those results and, and we'll make it clear, like how to, how to book apply to them. Any other cool aspects of Point Me that you'd like to point out that we did not cover already? No, I think we, I mean, I just, you know, hopefully what, you know, your, your listeners uh, are excited about is just how comprehensive and how quick the services and I uh, hope they'll, they'll come check us out. And as we're kind of wrapping up here, what would you say is your number one piece of points and miles advice that you have come up with in the last 15 years of using points and miles extensively to travel okay. in so many different directions to so many different countries? I think for me, it's honestly just remembering that at the end of the day, points and miles are a means to an end and that end is travel. And I know for some that's, that's, it's different, but I try to keep that in mind. And especially when it comes to the idea of the value of a point, that's something that's discussed a lot and it's an important conversation, but it's worth remembering that the value is totally subjective to what's important to you. And so if that means sometimes redeeming for less than, you know, two cents a mile or, you know, splurging on, on something that, you know, you might, Otherwise not, like, go for it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's a means to an end. If the points are delivering on that, then, you know, just don't, just don't get too obsessed or stressed about always maximizing every set because that can, that can get not fun. 
I absolutely agree with you. Especially people who are just starting out who are like, I can't find any award space. This tool is great for you. I'm just figuring out how to do a redemption. It doesn't have to be 20 cents per point. But in case this last two minutes is going in one ear and out the other for any listeners where they're like, but how do I maximize my points? (laughs) Does point me show some kind of cents per point redemption or anything like that? Or is it just kind of up to you to price it severally on an airline and figure out how many points it takes and then do that comparison yourself? Yeah. So we do not, we don't do like a cents per mile just because I mean, that that's, First of all, really only interesting to kind of the point nerd, but also it can be subjective and it might confuse people. And so we, we for now, are not are not doing that. But what we are doing is we do show the retail price for tickets, and and you can actually book those uh, those at retail. But that kind of gives you a little bit of a sense for you know what what kind of value you're getting with with points and miles. And then, like I said earlier, uh, we do have that the point me picks kind of algorithm built in, and that's you know our 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 view on the value of of points are are kind of embedded into that uh, algorithm there as well. So we absolutely are giving you a clear recommendation on when you're getting good value, but we don't go down the technical path of like doing lots of math because I, I think it's more likely to confuse than, than clarify. As somebody whose career has been in math in the actual world, <laughs> it does confuse people. And most people don't want to see all of the high these math. Yeah. They just want to see the recommendation of here's what you should do. Here's like three bullet points on why you should do it. Yeah. So yeah, I'm completely yeah, exactly. behind that. Speaking of great advice, can you give a shout out to one or two people on the internet that listeners should follow for awesome points and miles tips? Well, I mentioned Chris Gillibau earlier and I, he doesn't do as much points and miles. So I'd say, but I still think worth, worth following. There's a, there's a influencer that I really like, Chloe Jade. And it's less about points and miles, just more about travel to very cool places that I'm going to. I think she's currently in Burundi. So uh, if, if you're interested in that kind of travel, then that might be a good account to follow. Awesome. And where can we find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on Instagram. My uh, handle is uh, Sanjay1, and I post most of my sort of travel content there as well. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the Geovery's Travel Podcast. I'm so excited to use this more. Everybody who I tell about it, is so excited to use it too. It tends to be my go-to answers in my DMs <laughs> these days when I don't want to search for a war travel. Oh, that's good to hear. <laughs> where yeah. they'll say, how do I go from this very obscure airport to this other very obscure airport? I'm like, you know, you should try Point Me. We appreciate that. And hey, we're continually enhancing the product. If you've got feedback or if any of your, your listeners do, please send it my way because we really listen and we really want to make this product something that people love. So Fantastic. Well, thank you again so much for coming on to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the GeoBreeze Travel Podcast. If any of the cards mentioned in today's episode piqued your interest, please check out the links in the show notes for more information on any of the cards. Also, if you apply for a card using the links on that page, I may receive a commission too, so please and thank you. P.S. I hear the links work better in Internet Explorer or Safari, and sometimes the credit card applications tend to glitch out in Chrome. Additionally, it would mean the world to me if you could subscribe to this podcast, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. And if you would like to make even more travel hacking friends, please sign up for the Patreon to access our monthly masterclass hangouts. We dive deep into a particular points program each month, and you'll get to ask all of your travel hacking questions and enjoy being around other people who enjoy points and miles just as much as you and I do. If you would like an invite to the next one, head over to geobreezetravel.com slash hangouts to sign up to be on the invite list. 
Take care and happy travels.